On this What If Wednesday, we're going to be looking at the offseason of next year. What if the Nationals decide to spend big in 2024 and 2025? Could it look a little different? You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter at BrianClary11 and as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. But of course, if you're watching or if you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts, just search Locked On Nationals. Hit that subscriber button and as well as over on YouTube. Please go over and check us out the video version of this podcast. Search Locked On Nationals and hit that subscriber button, please. Later on in today's show, we're going to be getting into Jacob Young. I was thinking about this the other day, and truly, I think a lot of people out there are kind of, including myself, are undermining his abilities. What can Jacob Young be in the year of 2024? We'll discuss that a little later on of today's program. This offseason, Reese Hoskins, he was the talk around town here in D.C. We all wanted to sign him. Who didn't? He's a great first baseman. The Nationals have an obvious hole over at first base. You don't have anyone down in the farm system that at this moment in time, you could say that's our future first baseman. So we'll discuss that and kind of get into what he would do in the year of 2024 with the Washington Nationals. We'll discuss that in the second segment of today's show. But it is a what if Wednesday and the big what if is what if the Nats spend big next year? We'll answer that question after I tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So let's get started with today's topic on this What If Wednesday And it's, what if the Nats spend big next year? Going into this offseason, some people, including myself, I thought the Nationals would have a chance to spend on someone. I didn't think it was going to be some crazy, lucrative six-year contract or one of the Japanese stars or anything like that. What I could have seen with the Nationals was like a one-year kind of Reese Hoskins-type contract, a one-year prove-it deal to a star who may not want to get all their long-term deal money right now and may want to save up for next offseason and make a little bit more money. That's what I thought the market that the Nationals would be in come this season. But it's here. The Nationals, they've signed Nick Senzel, which I guess is kind of in that category. But even then, you're not putting all your bags in the Nick Senzel basket here. Going into it, though, if the Nationals did spend next year, if they did, I think it would look very different. And in fact, my expectation at this point is that they will spend relatively big next year. I'm not going to say that they're going to be going out there and going to contend for Juan Soto. But there are names out there on the market that could kind of fit what the Nationals need. We already spoke about first base and the need over there already. You have Yohani Morales, who could, you know, someday be a first baseman. There's a couple other intriguing kind of candidates. Rosemar Quintana, way down in Fredericksburg at this point, as well as Wilmington. 
He's way far down the road at this point, though. Going into it, Pete Alonso next offseason, the polar bear, the New York Mets first baseman, someone who has already been rumored to be traded this offseason. He could be traded at the deadline this year as they have not come up with a long-term contract. He's an intriguing one that I really look at. And again, it kind of fits that the way that the Nationals have signed players in the past. If you think back to it, 2011, when you signed Jason Worth from the Philadelphia Phillies, you signed him to that big lucrative contract. Everyone was saying that you overpaid him in all sorts, but he brought that winning culture here. Then in 2015 with Daniel Murphy, you bring Daniel Murphy to town for 2016 and 2017, some of the better offensive production seasons since Bryce Harper in 2015. Those kind of signings are in-division rivals, number one, and number two, big, impactful players coming off winning season. Now, Pete Alonso, they haven't really done all too much winning at City Field with the New York Mets, but over their last few years, they have been. They've been a good team. They've been a pretty solid, steady organization from top to the bottom. They've just kind of gotten bit by the injury bug and a lot of bad luck also. It's the New York Mets after all. But even then, Pete Alonso kind of fits that signing to where I'm looking at right now. Going into this offseason, I could see the Nationals trying to be big spenders. The Nationals, they know what their flaw is. You look at this, look at the starting lineup. Where is the power coming from? Where? Lane Thomas is leading your team in home runs. That's fine, I guess. Stone Garrett could probably be the DH this year. Hopefully play some meaningful innings out in left field. He could probably lead the team in home runs. But you don't have someone who's a 50 home run kind of threat the way that Pete Alonzo is. If you have Pete Alonzo in your lineup every single day, number one, you got your first base position covered for hopefully the next eight to 10 years, whatever it may be. Then number two, you have a lot of power in that lineup to surround Dylan Cruz, James Wood, who's going to be coming up with a lot of power, Brady House, who's got a lot of raw power. It makes a lot of sense once you kind of have those things line up. And also not even to mention C.J. Abrams, Keybert Ruiz in that lineup. There's a lot of different things that could kind of make sense here. But if the Nationals were to go out there next year and spend the money that, you know, we all kind of want to see them spend, it would look a lot different. You could actually say that this team would be a contending winning ball club. It would kind of make it just feel a little bit more legit. Now, are they going to do that? That's the big question. And if they were to do it, which I think at this moment is probably not crazy likely that they're going to go out there and spend all this money on Pete Alonzo, but it is worth noting you're going to have Patrick Corbin off the books. The excuse of having these bad contracts, you still have Steven Strasburg. You still got deferred money to pay out to Max Scherzer. But other than that, you're off the books. You don't have that excuse anymore that Nationals fans, including myself, have used for you guys in the past. You don't have that. So you can go out there with this freed money and spend on a Pete Alonzo. There's also a little bit more than just Pete Alonzo. We know the Nationals, they're probably going to have to sign a starting pitcher or make a move for one over the next few years to kind of bolster that rotation. They've got plenty of starting pitchers on the market come next offseason. Shane Bieber, former Cy Young winner. Walker Bueller, a Cy Young candidate. Corbin Burns, Cy Young. There's a lot of different pieces on this market. And also not to mention, Garrett Cole has an opt-out next year. You could have Garrett Cole in the open market. There's a lot of different possibilities for this Nationals team. 
And also, a lot of these guys, with how loaded this class is going to be going into next offseason, some of these guys, they're not going to get the money that they may have thought they would get. Some may kind of settle for lesser deals, or it maybe kind of adds and elevates teams like the Nationals, teams middle market tiers there that can spend and have money to spend. I think that kind of puts the Nationals in a good place to land one of these stars because you can't just sign everyone. The Dodgers can't just sign everyone. It may seem like that this offseason, but I can tell you this, they're not going to continue this going into next year. They've already spent a billion dollars this year in free agency. It ain't going to happen after this. So going into it, do I want to see the national spend? Of course we do. There are a lot of smart options out there and a lot of things that make sense for this Nationals team to do. And if they do do it, then yes, we're going to be talking about postseason baseball here in Washington, D.C. Assuming that Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Brady House, Cade Cavalli, all of these prospects kind of come into fruition and play meaningful innings in 2024 and probably are knocking on the opening day lineup in 2025, you would probably think that the Nationals, they're going to be there and they're going to have some sort of impact on the free agency market. It's just a matter of when and if they do it and how they will do it, how they will execute it, who they will sign. A lot of different things to really kind of chew on this offseason and going into next offseason, really. But looking at it, you've got second base, first base open, and really a starting pitcher can always help. Not even to mention the second baseman who, by the way, Jose Altuve and Glaber Torres highlight that list. There's a lot of intriguing options out there for this Nationals team. Looking at it, Glaber Torres, again, a second baseman to kind of pinch up the middle, a power-hitting second baseman, someone who has shown power in the past, been an all-star, very good defensive second baseman at times, can play shortstop as well. Glaber Torres is another guy who would make a lot of sense and also has played in meaningful baseball games, could come here and play easily at second base and find a way for him to get on base a ton for this Nationals team. If the Nationals decide to spend next year, and if they decide to spend big more so, it's going to be a different story. But it's a matter of if they can spend, and if they can spend that big money on a free agent and kind of be the cherry on top of a postseason team in the year of 2025. So we're looking ahead. We're looking way down the line. But again, don't be surprised if you see the Nationals in on some of these bigger names. Juan Soto, of course, free agent as well. I'm not banking on it just yet. Sorry. But they could. Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out again over on Twitter and YouTube. Just search Locked On Nationals and hit that subscriber button. Now next, let's talk about Reese Hoskins. He was the talk around town here. Listen, we all wanted him. I was beating the drum. You were beating the drum. We all wanted Reese Hoskins here in D.C. But it's pretty safe to say he ain't coming. And that's fine. He's not going to be coming. But still, what if he did? What would this lineup look like? What would his production look like? Ultimately, I don't think he would make as big of a difference as we may think. There would be a difference, but I don't think it's all that big. I'll explain why I think that after I tell you guys about our good friends over at FanDuel. And guys, the NFL regular season is wrapping up. In fact, the postseason is 
here and you can get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook because right now new customers can get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Again, 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose because the app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet like a live same game parlay. You could have a new parlay that you want to put in. And there also is a parlay hub with FanDuel, and that is the best thing about it. You don't have to do all the work. FanDuel does it for you as well. And plus, they have awesome insiders there that can give you some tidbits and as well as some tips and stats and numbers on the game to kind of make you feel a little bit more comfortable. And of course, there's much, much more, but you have to go to FanDuel. And when you go to FanDuel, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on again fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup because fanduel is the official partner of the nfl now we get back into it as the nationals they haven't really done all too much this offseason we know that that is the elephant in the room you look at it you see nick senzel juan yapez other than that not much to really talk about whatever so now let's kind of revisit this because we beat at this drum a lot. I did. A lot of you did. A lot of Nationals fans wanted us to see it. And also it just made sense. Are the Nationals totally out of this? Can they not sign Reese Hoskins anymore? No, but it's not looking likely to say the least. Going into it though, we all kind of said Reese Hoskins makes sense because number one, the Nationals, they don't have a long-term future over at first base. We don't know who the first baseman will be in the year 2025 and 2026. Usually for every position at shortstop, you can look at C.J. Abrams and say, that'll be his. Third base, Brady House. Catcher, Kibet Ruiz. Center field, Dylan Cruz. Right field, James Wood. Left field, Dalen Lyle. Elijah Green. One of those outfielding prospects who decidedly pans out. And also Lane Thomas, who's in that mix as well. First base doesn't have that. Second base really doesn't have that too much either. So going into this, who could kind of make an impact? Well, Reese Hoskins could. That's why we talked about him a lot this offseason. What kind of impact would he have, though, in 2024? I don't think it's all that great. Here, Reese Hoskins, he's good. He would have immediate production in 2024, but also think of it this way. He just missed an entire baseball season with a torn ACL. That is not good, number one. Number two... His last year in 2022 was not all too great. In fact, it was his worst year professionally as far as that goes. He had 30 home runs, which second most in his career. But still, he had a 794 OPS, which is the lowest benchmark of his career. And in fact, the one time in his career that he's finished with a below 800 OPS in a full season. Going back to his rookie year, he was electric. In 2018 as well, his second year, hitting 34 home runs, electric. 850 OPS back in 2020, very good season. 10 home runs, 887 OPS in that shortened COVID season. 2021, again, very successful. 2022, hit a lot of home runs. Other than that, not all too great. Reese Hoskins, and really the numbers that kind of show this, think back to 2011, Jason Ward's first season. He was getting booed here in D.C. A lot of people were really kind of taking their victory lap saying, why did you sign Jason Worth? Why did you give him this contract? In this scenario, Reese Hoskins, he's not signing long-term here this offseason. He would sign like a one-year kind of prove-it deal. 
that's really the market that the Nationals would be in. Who would protect Reese Hoskins in this lineup right now? Who would surround him? He doesn't have Bryce Harper anymore. You don't have Kyle Schwarber. You don't have Trey Turner. Well, he didn't get to play with Trey Turner, but you see the, the point that I'm getting to. You don't have Bryson Stott. You don't have all this these guys to put around Reese Hoskins in order to kind of balance around that. You can't just pitch around Reese Hoskins, and you can't just pitch around the other guys and forget about Reese Hoskins here. Reese Hoskins, he will be the guy who has a target on his back. When you have that target on your back, you then become Jason Worth in 2011. People start to say, you're a little overpaid. They start to say, why'd you give that contract out? It doesn't make any sense. The Nationals, stupid deal. They tried to spend, tried to show that they are contending, and ultimately it fell on their face. The reason why 2011 Jason Worth wasn't all too great here, he did not have Bryce Harper in that lineup. He didn't have a necessarily healthy Ryan Zimmerman in that lineup. You didn't have a healthy impact of Ian Desmond in that lineup as well. All these different things. This is what I worry about with Reese Hoskins. I didn't necessarily really think this way until as of recent. Because Reese Hoskins, good, impactful. You would see the production here and you would see it maybe work. But it's not going to necessarily impact us in wins. I think his on-base percentage would be a lot higher because teams are going to be walking him and they're going to try to get to Alex Call or Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas, great ball player. I love him. But he's not Bryce Harper. This isn't Bryson Stott. This isn't Trey Turner in that lineup. This is not really something that you can really look at and say, if Reese Hoskins, if you just insert him in this lineup, you'd be a postseason team. No. Because he's going to be that guy that teams are going to be circling on that starting lineup and say, you're not going to let Reese Hoskins beat us. You're not going to let C.J. Abrams beat us. But ultimately... Reese Hoskins could do a little bit more damage than that bat. This is someone who's going to have 30 to 40 home run kind of power, and he could easily do that in a full healthy season over 162 games. But why even take that risk? That's what I think Reese Hoskins is probably looking at. The Nationals, if they wanted to, they could probably sign him to a one-year decent contract. But I guarantee you Reese Hoskins is probably thinking that in the back of his head. I'm going to be a target. He's going to be a huge target in this starting lineup if he were a sign here. So number one, the plan for a one-year deal, you're not just giving Reese Hoskins a one-year deal just to have him play 162 games with the Nationals and sell jerseys. That'd be nice. But you're signing to a one-year deal in order to trade him at the deadline. So if that deal, if it kind of blows up in your face, you're not going to be getting as much as you would in return. You'd still be getting something, but still it's not going to be what you may have thought it would be. And number two, his production may not all be that great. And that is the kind of concerning thinking backwards part of this. And I think a lot of people may need to kind of reconsider it as far as like what the Nationals and really what Reese Hoskins, what kind of impact he would have here. Because that's really what the Nationals need. They need impact. And when you ask what can what is impact for this Nationals team, it's slugging, home runs. RBIs, guys who are coming in in pressure situations, being a leader in the clubhouse, that's what this Nationals team needs because of all the youth that we have surrounded this team with. It's not going to be this year. Reese Hoskins, not necessarily ready to kind of just enter this lineup and change everything. But maybe next offseason, 
to kind of put a cherry on top in both the last two conversations. Thank you all for making Locked On Nets your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Next, let's talk about this. I was thinking about Jacob Young the other day. I want to tell you something. Don't sleep on Jacob Young in the year of 2024. I can tell you why I think that after I tell you guys about our friends over at Jace Medical. And guys, I know we come to sports to escape for some of the crazy realities of, of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, and this is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if uh, my father or mother or one of my kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medications they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on and get $20 off your order. Again, offer code locked on and get $20 off your your order at jacemedical.com. Thank you all for making Locked On Nets your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of free and available, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, that is Locked On Sports today. We are going to be locked on Jacob Young in the year of 2024. Jacob Young, he had a pretty impressive rookie season, I may say. Here's the thing. Jacob Young, you're not really necessarily going to be putting all your eggs in the Jacob Young basket. I'm here telling you right now, I'm not either. But don't sleep on Jacob Young. Jacob Young, number one, if you remember the Toronto Blue Jays game, when he threw out at home, I forgot who it was rounding the base at this moment, but you all remember the play, you remember the throw, you remember the web gem plays that Jacob Young was making in center field. Victor Robles is heading into his last year here in Washington, D.C. I'm on record now. I don't want to see Victor Robles on the opening day lineup. He's going to be, but is he going to be a starter? Hmm, maybe. If it was me, Jacob Young is going to be your starting center fielder. I saw enough from last year. Victor Robles, while he was up, he was hitting a little bit better, wasn't striking out as much. His approach, a little different, but still, I wasn't all too impressed with Victor Robles still. He wasn't being very impactful. He just wasn't being bad at the plate. Then we were applauding him, which is good, but I think Jacob Young has that higher ceiling. He batted 252 with a 658 OPS this year. But where he stood out, he had 13 stolen bases in those 33 games while only getting on base at a 32% clip in 107 at-bats, by the way. Jacob Young is the clear and obvious starting center fielder if it was me. If we were in this rebuild, 
You want to see your young guys. You want to see them and get them opportunities every single day. Jacob Young, he's not going to play 162 games. But this year, he should easily start 120 games this year in center field. You're going to have Dylan Cruz come up eventually and take that spot. You could also have James Wood come up and take that spot in center. You could even have Robert Hassel at this point take this spot at sub point 2024. But still, do not sleep on Jacob Young and the impact that he had just last year. He doesn't have that speed-power combination that the game covets nowadays. He doesn't have the power. He hit zero home runs, and he's probably not going to hit. He may hit one or two home runs in the year of 2024. But don't sleep on what he did. He was a solid defender out there, showed a lot of range, number one, showed he had a good arm, and also, number two, your kind of prototypical leadoff hitter. Now, that's going to be C.J. Abrams this year, but still, hear me out for a second. You could have Jacob Young kind of in that leadoff role, and maybe C.J. Abrams take that second slot. Now, I know that's a little bit backwards for thinking of baseball nowadays, but imagine Jacob Young and C.J. Abrams going back-to-back in that lineup. That's difficult. That's difficult for a catcher. That's difficult for a pitcher. Seeing those guys kind of bounce around, being energizer bunnies on the bases, can't help but kind of think about that and go, what if? Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Of course, the offseason continues to push on. I'll catch you guys on the flip side and go Nats.